Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. A new year beckons and with thoughts of spring on the horizon and the days gradually lengthening, now is an ideal time to focus your mind on the growing season that lies ahead. It's a time that can be filled with promise, plans and good gardening practice. So let myself and Saul entertain you with ideas for your garden, be it a compact courtyard or an estate with meandering acres. Horticultural principles remain constant whether your plot is large or small, so we hope that these episodes bring you the confidence, inspiration and reassurance to step out into your garden with enthusiasm. We'll also run occasional interviews with our gardening peers, giving insight into this multifaceted and fascinating industry. It's why myself and Lucy collectively have 45 years of professional horticultural dirt under our fingernails, and why we can't imagine our worlds without the joy and creativity gardening brings. If you want to be part of this journey, please do join us each week to look into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. Hello, Mr Walker. It is lovely to see you. Good evening. And I've got new... I've got news for you. Uh, news? I've been doing some gardening. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> At last. It's, it's only your occupation, Lucy. <laughs> got to start know, at some point. I know. But last week, I think last week we both confessed that we actually hadn't done an awful lot of gardening over That's the holidays. And true. now, although I am still helping Mr. Chamberlain convalesce, and I'm his driver, his nursemaid, his all sorts of things, which the, the marriage vows did cover at the time, but I didn't, you know, I should have been listening a bit more carefully to, for better for worse. But um, yeah, it's been, I have done some gardening and I've done some at home and anyone who follows me on Instagram will see that actually uh, Ian helped me do some gardening. Oh. You might be one-handed, Mr. Chamberlain, but you can still put some bone meal in my tulip planting hole. So that was, was great. Say, you can still make a cup of tea, can't you? You can still make a cup he, of tea. You can still make a cup of tea and actually he's getting... Do you know what? It's funny. When you haven't got the use of one of your limbs, it's amazing how over the days I've noticed him compensating with all sorts of skills. And now he's using his teeth of all things to what? open stuff up. Teeth and hand. Teeth and left hand because he's right-handed and it's his right arm that's all bound up. So it's, you know, it's actually fantastic how we can adapt. So See, hats off to him. He's doing very well. See packet one hand, rip the top off, you know. Get those seeds exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, so we've done gardening at home. And then this links into our theme of the podcast night, but I won't reveal it just yet. But uh, yesterday I was meant to be at the hall and I had a um, car disaster, oh dear. Uh, which I might mention in more detail later. Disaster. So today, I, yeah, it basically meant I could not go anywhere. So today I went to the hall, um, which is so a bit annoying, but I went today and it was a lovely day and I've been pruning roses like, Oh, just a sweet, sweet dream. It was lovely. I pruned a whole load of uh, iceberg along what we call the white border, alongside the sunny uh, west side of the hall, which is about a good 20 metres. And that was really enjoyable. It took me about, well, less than an hour, actually. And um, that's a very satisfying job. And they're also quite thornless, which is always a bonus as well. And then I attacked the hybrid teas as well, which are incredibly thorny. Uh, and I've actually got a couple of runes I can still feel in my fingertips from that. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've blitzed those and it's been a very, very satisfying day's gardening. So wonderful stuff. It's pruning, it is pruning month, isn't it? Um, mm. Especially since, yeah. well, if you live in the West Country, anyone who listens to in Devon, Cornwall, Somerset, Dorset knows it has been raining relentlessly for a couple of weeks. Uh, it's Noah's mm. Ark weather down here. I have been, uh, the tractor's got its full inflatables, got its, uh, <laughs> got its armbands on, and it's uh, it's aquaplaning across the lords. That's all I can tell nice. you. Um, 
Have you been doing donuts? Yes, something like Hopefully not. No, of course you no, haven't. Sorry, that's very unprofessional. looking good. But the good thing is, is pruning is actually a great job for doing in this kind of weather, uh, especially if yeah, you get uh, under an umbrella or something. So we, I have um, been, pr- we finished the apples this week. So both well espaliers and freestanding trees all done. We've done quite a bit of work on the trees. I've noticed, especially during the pandemic, when I didn't, I, for one year, I didn't actually get around to pruning them because I was on my own and it's, you know, it's a lot of work, and especially when you're up and down ladders. You can miss it for a year. You, you can. can. I've yeah. done that as well. But so, we've had yeah. to um, we've had to go in with the loppers a little bit and just reduce the height on a few trees. The one thing I'll say is that it's nice to have big trees full of apples, but if you can't reach the top of them, you, you can't get the apples. So what's the point? So we've now taken a couple of the larger trees down just slightly so that we can reach in with the with our arms and actually buy the apples and i'm hoping that they'll proliferate a little bit with some short stems which we can prune back and form those beautiful spurs but the espaliers you know year on year we were into what 10 years now since we planted the espaliers and they're just starting to look really fabulous i'm i'm very very pleased with those and uh we did my wisteria at home this uh last weekend oh. i love wisteria pruning it's such a meditative oh, yeah. process and not mm. not too tricky on the brain I know people are very uh, fine wisteria pruning hard, understanding where to prune it back to and all, but it's quite easy. Get the framework in, then prune everything back into spurs. And I just love it. And it means we're very close. We, well, we're getting closer to wisteria time, to spring time. Saying that, I've got a snowdrop out right outside my front door. Oh, uh, Galanthus fly fishing is in full flower. It's one of the early types. So yeah, um, yeah. that's yeah. Uh, a herald. So we, I've been checking because I've, I've, I've noticed that on social media and on, on my, you know, we're around communicating to people, uh, people have started to talk about snowdrops being out. And I did check at the hall today because we've got mm. swathes of them by the moats. It's just Nivalis, but there's not even a peep of anything yet. So we are way behind you. Yeah. But yeah, yeah the early ones at home, because I got some very specific cultivars dotted around, are all starting to come up. I'm sure you have, being a man of uh, select tastes and uh, very, very choice ones. I've, I've noticed on my hybrid mm. teas, I had a massive amount of dieback. Really? And I don't know if the that's... Um, no, I was thinking more the oh, drought. Oh, I the see. Yeah, drought, yeah, yeah. You know, we are on light sand and hybrid teas and, you know, roses are meant to be on a heavier soil to, to thrive. And normally ours do quite well. And I did irrigate them every every week at a minimum, if, if not even more, uh, during the dry spell of, of last year. Well, spell, <laughs> the dry months and months and months and weeks. Um, but yeah, a lot of dieback and quite thin growth. So I'm really going to, I prune them back quite say, hard. Yeah. It's quite yeah. a stark, yeah, I did really try and give them a kick up the pants. That's what my, my thinking. And I'm going to... Um, be a bit more, I think you and I have both said, normally we're not very heavy-handed with our fertiliser because it's not the natural way for me to do things, but I do think they actually will benefit from that. But I'm also going to try and work in some of the mycorrhizal fungi, okay. root inoculant, because I think although they're established roses and the beds are quite old, I still feel that if they can get a boost from the mycorrhizal fungi benefits, you know, how they coat the roots and allow the plants to extract more nutrients from the soil around them, then that's got to be a good thing, hasn't you it? You can get soluble solutions of the, the mycorrhiza. I don't know whether that'd be worth adding as a watering. That might be better. Yeah, that would be better, wouldn't it? Right, that's a good point. Trying to get it into the ground a bit more. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe try Maybe try that. I, I, to be honest, I've only ever used it at planting. So, um, but like you, I think the roses are looking a bit thinner, but I'm hoping... There's been so much rain. I'm hoping they'll get a good start in spring this year. Yeah, just in context, I mean, you, we've had 50 mil in 
January so far. And mm. we were saying before we pressed record, you've had 200 just for people to get an idea of, yeah. you know, the differences in the from the West to the, the, the arid Essex regions. So it's a considerable difference this, at the minute. For hardcore gardeners, that's two wheelbarrows. <clears throat> so uh, <laughs> I've had to empty a wheelbarrow and then it filled again with water. So uh, there you go. That's uh, that's how we measure it. Um we got some really... We're in celebratory mood, oh, aren't we, we Lucy? Are. We are. Now, we've had some great stuff. We were hoping to do this in the last episode because we were hoping to get an episode done before Christmas. Unfortunately, yeah. that all fell on its face with my COVID uh, problems, <laughs> of which I will say I am now completely... Well, not I wouldn't say completely. I'm probably 98% uh, healed, let's say. Feeling much better myself. Um, Very pleased. Yeah, that is good, isn't it? And uh, yeah. But... We have, well, one episode on. We were hoping to do a nice New Year's <laughs> reveal, but okay, one episode on in the new year. We have reached a massive milestone for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we really have. As we said, this is our this is our fourth year. We're very close to our 200th episode, but we've just hit a quarter of a million downloads or listens, however you yeah. wish to. You heard that right, guys. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> a quarter of a That's million. A that's some it's zeros. Ins- it's insane, isn't it? it My God. Uh, it is when I think about what we decided we were going to do when we started this. <laughs> um, I know. So, you know. It's got legs. So this, this idea you have, it's got legs. <laughs> it certainly has. And not just in this country. I, we, we had some stats from our podcast provider. Uh, yeah. We use a, a, an American company called Buzzsprout who provides mm. our platform for this podcast. Shout out to them. If you're an aspiring yeah. podcaster, we can highly recommend them to... They're um, really easy to use, yeah, aren't very they? Very easy. And reliable and, yeah, yeah, love them, yeah. Yeah, but they sent us some really interesting stats for last year, a very yearly summary, as, uh, as well as the, the amount of listens we've now had, which, yeah, amazing. Mm. We're also mm. being listened to in 80... No, 98 yeah. countries around the world uh, again just i don't quite get i can't get my head around it it's one of those numbers 98 are you yeah. sure but yeah that's what it says it's amazing so hello to I, i'm not going to go through yes. all the languages because i don't I'd say hello in all of them <laughs> go but, on do your accents i've heard them no, no top notch that'll be, so. that'll be the last quarter of a million listeners we ever had but um well, well those dive to maybe one country i think we could do that exactly but you know <laughs> Thank you to all the people listening to us yeah. abroad. I hope we enjoy. I hope it's as relevant to you guys. I know we we try to keep it a bit UK specific, but we we try to give out general good information that you can use wherever you are in some ways. So hopefully yeah. that yeah. helps. Um, also, a shout out to Melbourne in Australia. Is it? They're apparently our <laughs> second most listened to city in the world. I don't know what's. If, yeah. Is that if if it's just the one person in Melbourne that's listening to our podcast again and again? Thank you so much. Thank you ever so much, <laughs> ever so much indeed. Who knows? I, I can say it's just jaw dropping, and I, I, for us, humble head gardeners sitting here, um, I'm actually not even at home tonight. Yeah, you're in someone else's bedroom. I'm sitting on the bed and um, chatting away to Saul, and it's I absolutely love doing this. It's such an enjoyable thing. But to to think that we are that far reaching when we we really had no concept of, of how this would pan out it's um oh my god do you know honestly just thank you everyone everyone for listening and downloading and getting us this you know this this um wonderful platform to communicate on and and uh and it, it, you know it's just lovely we are so so grateful yeah I, I know we can't i know we do say it but it's just because we mean it you know honestly uh thank you for your ears yeah wherever you may be definitely and and i, I and i know we have um 
you know, inspired some people to take up the profession. I know some people have really, especially hey gardeners, have really taken Danny from the last episode, for example. Well, yeah, we need to give say hello to Danny. Yeah, yeah, hello, Danny. Thank you for your um, lovely uh, feedback from the episode. We love that. But exactly, no, thank you. All the hey gardeners and gardeners to get in touch with us and say that we're giving them at least something to ponder over as they're uh, in their greenhouses, sheds out on the lawnmower or whatever. So, um, yeah, thanks to everyone. And here's to the next. uh, quarter of a million <laughs> yeah bring it on <laughs> definitely i need i might need to get a glass of water first all. is that all right <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I, I think yeah a lozenge a lozenge or two before we yeah, yeah i'm still a bit croaky yeah. I, if i do splutter i'm apologizing and i did well, i did edit them all out over last weeks and i'm sure i'll still will do the same for this week so i will do mm. i will do um on to some specific thank yous because we've had two people buy us a plant buy us a uh, buy uh meacoffee.com uh, first, we've got Gary Northeast. Very well done. And also Matthew Rowland. Now, that's a name. I'm sure he's someone who follows us on Twitter. I'm sure he's a fellow professional. So yeah. um, thank you, Matthew. Um, you literally got that in in the last second. I saw it come up as we started the You podcast. saw it actually come up as we were chatting before <laughs> yeah. we pressed the buttons, didn't yeah. we? So that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's lovely. And for, for some reason, he thinks the podcast has laughter and optimism. I'm not sure that's the... What? Uh... Are you sure you listened to the right one, Matthew? <laughs> yeah. Optimism. Well, should we go on today's, should we go on today's <laughs> subject? Because it's not as going to be as optimistic as I you think. I don't know that we should after that. Because, um, Matthew, you're, you're going to be bitterly disappointed because we're going to talk about something that... Um, we don't often do because, especially if you know me and Saul's got this gist of me now, I'm a glass half, I try my best to be a glass half full person. I do have down days, like we all do, but, and I grab on those silver linings, but we're going to talk about the clouds for a bit, which is not our style, but we're going to do it because it's real. We're authentic. We like to think for the Talking Heads podcast that we are as authentic as we can possibly be. We are, you know tell it as it is very honest which we hope you appreciate and respect and that is that is pretty much it so we're going to talk about some bad stuff tonight yeah. but you know how you do, how you cope with it i think that's what we're going to try and talk about isn't it so yeah bad stuff happens you know in in all walks of life and not just horticulture but everything so uh we're going to specifically talk about horticulture tonight we're not going to just bear ourselves here and talk about all our life's problems it's going to be gardening problems and the ups and downs of that so how, how is it we're going to do a bit of, like you said there's a bit of philosophy with this because i think what happens in the gardening world can be can be extended to your uh, real life and how you deal with it and what it means so yeah we're basically talking about failure, aren't we? Because it happens. We are. It happens a lot in gardening. And I don't think, I think the problem is in this world where we are full of social media and we're trying to present, I don't know, the best image of ourselves, I guess, out there, especially when you're a professional, it's part of your professional pride. I don't know. You know, you, you need to be looking the best you can. But actually... All of our um, careers, <laughs> and I don't want to, I don't want to say that they're based on failure, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> failure, <laughs> I know, failure <laughs> is a massive part of what we do every, you know, every year, but it actually informs us, it, it, it drives us forward, and that's what we're yeah. going to talk about, where, yeah. where those failures come in, and then how we, how we deal with them, so. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and learn. I think that this is hopefully this is going to appeal both to the professional end, but also to the amateurs, because 
the one thing we know since the pandemic is there's a lot more gardeners on board. Well, fingers crossed they're still on board. Uh, it was meant to be millions. Yeah, three million, was it? Yeah. It was, I would say three million. Yeah, hello to you guys. New gardeners. And I think the one thing that new gardeners have trouble with gauging is when things don't work. Because that happens in gardening quite a lot, you know, uh, because there are certain things that you, you don't know to start with. And that's the first thing to realise is that you will never know everything. I don't know everything. No. I know no. Lucy doesn't know everything. Oh, sorry. I, mean, I said no as in like, no, I don't know. Well, I, mean, I didn't mean you don't know everything. Sorry, that came out completely wrong. <laughs> no, you don't. So you don't know. I don't everything. know anything. No, yeah. I, what I meant was I don't know <laughs> everything. I'm so sorry. You can edit that out if you want to. You're doing the editing this week. It's funny. I remember uh, we had um, Sir David Attenborough doing a talk for us at Kew. And someone asked, oh, wow. uh, someone asked him a question and he said, well, I don't know. <laughs> Brilliant. Which I thought well, was great well because he doesn't know everything. Answer. So, that you know, yeah. I, the first thing I will say <laughs> is if someone tells you they know everything there is to do with gardening, they're a charlatan. Trust me, they do. There are lots of people who know a lot. But no one knows yeah. everything. So, so there's that phrase, doesn't there? Fake it till you make it. I don't I don't sign up to that. So I think I think the first thing to realise is that out of that comes failure because you're not going to know what's going on uh you know there'll be certain years where something happens that you have no idea I, every year something happens uh i could a, a great example of this is a few years ago one of my peers at stonelands was going downhill major style one of your peers and uh peers not peers not brian or nigel no peers <laughs> um uh for anyone who doesn't know peers is in eric casey it's um Quite a large shrub. Uh, the new growth is generally a bit reddish, mm. a bit like fatinia, sort of like, but a bit smaller leafed. And it puts on this nice flowering show. Yeah. Anyway, uh, a bug came in in the early 2000s from Japan called the Andromeda uh, bug, J Japanese Andromeda bug, which was really has been wiping out Pyrrhus. Now, I didn't know much about it until this Pyrrhus was going downhill. Um, and then I found out about it. But by that time, I'd lost... Well, it was about 12 foot, this period, so a beautiful specimen. So there you go. That, that, that's, you know, a great example of when things don't go right, but not because of anything you're doing or anything that you have done wrong. It's because that's life. It's nature. I think that's the way we should start. Nature will always throw spanners in the work. Yeah. Things oh, are definitely. dying and things are living all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can list an, an numerous things that thwart me every year and, and you have to be, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of luck sometimes in whether you can control these things or not. So badgers, squirrels, um, badgers truffle through yes. the kitchen. We've got them coming through the wildflower meadow into the gardens at the moment. Um, a piece of the wall kitchen garden wall fell down and the badgers are coming through there and they've made a great mess of the orchards. Thanks a bunch. But you know what? I'm, they're not actually damaging too much apart from the turf. So I'm quite zen about it. And I think, you know, there you go. We're next next to woodlands, um, so I'm I'm happy with them. Squirrels relent, and you might have heard me rant. If you're a regular listener, I do apologise. I try not to get too cross, but squirrels, oh my god, the little swines! The amount of fruit they just ruin, and they ruin it before it's ripe. You stupid animals! At least wait till it's ripe and then eat it. Don't take it off when it's the size of a walnut, and you think the plum or the peach or whatever that's still green and hard is a, a walnut shell and you rip it off sorry i've gone i'm pulling myself back because i've gone on to a rant there <laughs> but squirrels are the bane of my life and again i just unless you're sat there 24 7 um with your you know your little sort of spotlight and whatever control method you you prefer you're not gonna be able to you know do anything about that uh box uh moth 
you'll know again if you're a regular listener. I had real real problems with box moth um, before I got yeah. a method that controlled it. So yeah, definitely, I'm fully uh, with you on that sort of pest and diseases and that kind of thing. That's you know formidable and or new, as you're saying. We haven't quite yet worked out the best way to control it. Yeah. It can be frustrating, to say the least. So if you're a gardener, remember the canvas you're working with is not one that is sterile and never changing. It, you know, weather is one we go on about every yeah, podcast. That, yeah. that affects our gardening year all the time. I, I will say, uh, as well as these being maybe negatives, um, you know, sometimes they can reveal something about your garden or, or it can make you change tack or something. So you can spin yeah. it around to being a positive as well. So, you know, the silver lining comes in. <laughs> Lucy, Lucy's silver lining comes in with all these things. Um, the next thing I would say, that there are sometimes in gardening intentional failures, um, especially at a botanic level, I guess, or a, a plantsman's mm. level. There are certain things that we do to experiment. Now, the one thing... Yeah. That I will say in my life, uh, and for anyone who's regular, know that I grow a lot of exotic plants at home, um, and I know that I'm growing them with the, I don't know, expectation, not expectation, but with the 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 maybe they will die because they're not suited to the climate where I am, or we might have a heavy frost, or they might get drowned. <laughs> they they're getting pretty drowned at the moment, so they they don't like that. But I'm intention. I'm not going out intentionally to kill plants. I'll say that. But I'm intentionally trying to work out what will grow better. And the other example for this is the uh, the, the nurseryman or, or woman uh, intentionally hybridising plants. What you see at the nursery or at the end of uh, the sort of the process are the hybrids that work really well. They've been trialled and they have come out the end and they're the ones that work. But behind that is hundreds even thousands, maybe even tens of thousands for some of the big nurseries, seedlings of different hybrids that have had to be trialled to get to that perfect plant. And that is an example of failure being inbuilt into the system. We're trying to work out what works. So failure can be part of the process of us trying to strive to make gardening a bit better or the plants a bit better. I think if you're not doing that, then you're not really enjoying the whole um spectrum of gardening if you're not experimenting to the point where things are actually going a bit away with and a bit wrong then gosh I would struggle with that I maybe it's my mindset I do know I come from a you may not appreciate this because I, I maybe I come across as a little bit docile I don't know <laughs> but I, do I I don't know but I actually come from a line of quite uh, quite awkward women in my family and um, I do think sometimes that mindset when you apply it to horticulture can be really useful because I'm always yeah I, I've got the scientific foundation I've been to college I've got my degree I've done the five you know I've done all that um, but at the same time I still want to test these theories and and witness the results for myself and go, oh, do you think I could just nudge that a bit more or push that a bit further? Or how far can I test the limits of such and mm. such? And as you say, that's that pure experimentation. And I just, why would you not do that? You know, I think playing it safe and playing, you know, people, that's not in human nature to play within the rules all the time. You've got to have a little bit of spark about you and, and, and kind of like passion and curiosity just to just to see. So, yeah, you know, embrace the failures. I think that I'd, I'm still struggling to find the silver lining for squirrels. So if anyone's got any ideas for that, I'm, I'm genuinely am struggling they're for quite, the silver lining. They're there, quite so tasty. Help me out if you can. If you get a, a plump one. <laughs> 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 
that's maybe the way I should think. Yeah. Genetic so yeah. So you know, if you're <laughs> if you're working towards failure as part of the experimentation process, then you can expect failure. Now, I guess there's the unexpected failures as well when you're trying your best and things don't work. And I guess this is where it can get a little bit on the disheartening side. What I can say is that from my experience in, in gardening, and I'm sure with Lucy's, we've been gardening for many decades now, in that those kind of failures are disheartening to start with. And especially if it involves maybe some of your favourite plants or a bit of garden that you're really trying to put your efforts into and it hasn't quite worked out. It can be disappointing, um, but... I will say that it isn't the end of the process. Just because something's failed doesn't mean that's the that is the end of uh, whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Great thing about gardening is everything's very uh, plastic and malleable, and you can restart or you can bet try and bend things to the way you want it. And the failure bit informs what you're going to do next. So actually, in some ways, rather than it being very linear, you start and you finish maybe with the failure. It's actually more circular. So you go round, you might fail, but that's the beginning of the next round of whatever you're going to do. And we've always said this, gardening is a huge learning process. Every day you're learning something new, maybe something you haven't seen before, maybe something you have and you haven't really thought of for a few years. But failure is an intrinsic part of that learning process. Yeah, yeah I know. I mean, I can give you... I've got to really be a little bit ambiguous about this because this is a project that um i've started and it's not quite been firmed up yet so please excuse me for being ambiguous but i had a i've got a, a two really big projects hopefully lined up for this year and one of them was all set up and i was like right i don't want it to be stressful i've got to make sure all these parameters are in place for me to do it and i had it all set up before i'd committed and then one of them the main kind of linchpin for the whole thing fell out two days ago and it really floored me. I was, um, I, I didn't sleep well. I, I felt all unsettled. And is it discombobulated? I do like that word. That's I'm a good put that word. In there. Good word. Yeah, I definitely felt that, you know, quite a lot. Because it, it was, a, I, would, I like committing to stuff, but I, I don't want things to be stressful in my life at the moment. I just, I just don't. And it just caused me stress. And I was like, oh, God, I thought I planned to bypass this and get out of it. Um, so anyhow, a couple of days later, made a phone call. Um, I wish I'd made that phone call the two days prior because it's it literally turned everything again back on itself. We're all right, right as rain. We're back on track. Um, so, you know, as you say, you, you, I think what I'm saying here is sometimes, personally, I know I can get a little bit sucked into the abyss of being, you know, when something quite significant happens. It can be quite... Um, effective on your the, your mood and, and what's going on with your you know your day-to-day -day. um you know have a bit of time to sit and think of a plan b and then yeah. do you know we're very lucky you and i saw and and all our peers we are in such a connected industry we know people who know people who can help us out and in that circumstance exactly i just made one call and everything was back on track and it was brilliant so you know this you can pick yourself up from failures and um just move on forward so yeah, I did have a gin and tonic uh, the last couple of nights. Do you know, that always helps. A bottle of rum in the in the gardener's shed always helps those kind of failures. <laughs> um, the one thing, I actually, I want to follow on for what you were saying there, because, um, yes, there's lots of people out there that can help you with failure. But what I will say is that remember your failures, remember how you dealt with them, or or remember how they were better the next time you tried it, and use that to inform others as well. 
don't keep this is this is one of the problems i think with social media and, and everything that comes with this trying to look perfect is that the failures actually inform us of better ways of doing stuff and because we don't talk about them or they're not perceived by others we don't actually help each other in some ways yeah in fact that 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 look of perfection i don't think really helps someone understand how to grow something better it may just make them feel worse about their growing where actually by opening up about the failures we have and and the things that we can do to make them better that helps us as a community you know it informs our like you say our peers it informs the people listening to this podcast um etc so i think we might be a bit more open about our failures <laughs> this year i think yeah yeah no, I think that's really, you know what, I echo those sentiments entirely because I um, I like social media, but there's bits of it I struggle with, which are, as you say, it's kind of like painting that perfect picture because um, I I like to, I, I personally think authenticity is for me. And um, so, yeah, as you say, it, can, it just can put pressure mm. on people and we should all be very happy, even if we're labelled, because you and I are labelled as, experts you know that's quite a heavy label to carry but we still get things wrong and i'd still like to think that we can say we get stuff wrong and people aren't going to shoot us down for it we're just being honest and and that should be respected and i think we should all you know take a leaf out of that book that that we you know putting pressure on yourself is just that's not what horticulture is about is it yeah so those failures we're talking about that isn't meant to be yeah don't 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 chastise yourself you know too too much you know if it's something you knew what you did learn from it don't do it next time if it's something you don't know about go out and find out about it. that's where the research actually sometimes failures can lead on to very exciting bits of gardening because you suddenly go out and realize no i don't know enough about this subject or this plant mm -hmm. group or i'm actually going to go and find out a bit more and this is a perfect time of year to maybe stick that into a resolution not everyone does resolution i know but i'll stick that into something Do you know, i think i'm going to go and i'm going to go and learn a bit more about that and then when spring comes or whenever it is time to actually instigate that next round of uh, gardening you're going to try then you can put that research into uh into effect so uh yeah use the failures as a spur to make yourself better uh, and help make others better as well uh, i, I want to say quickly these projects that lucy's got on are very exciting and we're hoping to bring you i don't know a little bit more detail as the year goes on uh, more towards the second half of the year uh but these uh these are very exciting projects that uh, I'm vicariously living through. Well, I've tried moral support. <laughs> Am I offering moral support? You are. You're being yeah. very supportive. That's slow. It's wonderful. Uh, although I, I can say I'm sorry to give you a bit of a teaser, but yeah, I, a lot of a lot of gardeners and people in the garden media have, don't think they're not doing very much when it comes to the autumn and the winter. We are fervently sorting out projects because that's when all those deals are done and um, I'm sure I'm not the only one in this industry who's gotten you know all sorts of exciting things on the horizon so if you are if you are one of those people I wish you the very best of luck hopefully you won't have any moments like I had the other day where the, the bottom falls out of it and you have to patch it back up in again yeah and as I say enjoy horticulture there is so much to learn and I think that's what you should always take away from any failure at all you've learned something you've pushed yourself you've been creative you've you've tested something out and well done you that brings us to the end of today's episode we hope you enjoyed listening and look forward to you joining us again for the next installment 
If you'd like to contact myself or Saul, we're free to chat on our social media platforms. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at HeadGardenLC, and you can find Saul on Twitter at GardeningSaul. Any review you'd like to leave via your podcast provider would be gratefully received. Winter peels back the garden's layers to reveal its bare bones, allowing us to reflect, assess and adjust our intentions. Visits to specialist nurseries, orders with seed merchants and conversations with our employers all drive exciting changes for the year rolling out before us. Emerging snowdrops, swelling buds and strengthening sunlight all indicate that something momentous is about to occur and we'd love to experience that with you. So, until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye.